Side, 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 side. Amazing people, man. Melvin Van Peoples, you know, all of these people are the people that that paid it forward, man, that opened the door for a lot of people. And John Singleton, man, came from that school. And that's why I want to make sure today that I recognize John Singleton, man, because it's very, very, very difficult in Hollywood to uh, make your mark like that and to get down like that. It's very, very hard, man. You got you got dudes like like you gotta think about um Tyler Perry and what Tyler Perry was able to create, you know, because of people like John Singleton. And the more that we get those opportunities, the more that we need to take those opportunities seriously, like and have fun. Like there's so many stories that we could tell. So many different stories that we could tell. I watch this thing on Netflix about um Robert Johnson, the blues singer called The Devil at the Crossroads. Y'all need to see that. Fat Five Freddy got something about weed, a documentary about weed on um, Big Up Fat Five Freddy on Netflix right now. I watched that. We have so many different outlets, man, of people that, that are doing things. Jess Hilarious is doing her thing on social media with the Instagram, my man Major Hype. So many funny people, man. That, you know, Let's turn some of those real stories about not just hood stories into into something. Let's let's push the envelope. White people push the envelope all the time. It's time for us to start pushing the envelope. Like one of the major major joints a couple of years ago was Money and Violence. Once Money and Violence started getting busy, was doing good on YouTube. Everybody wanted to do a Money and Violence. Let's push past the hood stories. Like I know, you know okay, Money and Violence did well. Everybody, I could do Money and Violence stuff that happened in my hood. It's the same shit. Come on, y'all. We don't want to see the same old thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. A lot of black movies that come out, I don't even watch because I'll be like, I saw this. I saw this before. Queen Latifah and Shaquem Compare doing their thing, man, with her company, producing, being on projects that we didn't even know they really had anything to do with because they're pushing the envelope. We got to continue to push the envelope. I don't like all the Tyler Perry stuff, but why did I get married? I really like that first one. He pushed the envelope. Continually pushed the envelope. I'm from middle class America. Everybody want to do a hood story. I wouldn't say that I was middle, lower middle class. I would just say that we were middle class. We had a car. I had both parents. I had a basement. I had an attic. I came. I lived in a house. We had block parties. We had a block association. We had barbecues in the yard. I used to go up to the park, to the park jams with Jam Master J about 10 years, my junior, two-fifths down. I was in a group called Master Sound. I had tragedy in my life. Keith Sattler, who's the head of Master Sound, got in a drug deal and messed somebody's money up. He got shot in his head and handcuffed and left in the back of his own car in John F. Kennedy Airport in New York. My guitar player in the top 40 band I was in, God rest his soul, Rodney Morgan, died of immune deficiency syndrome. I had tragedy. My story ain't always a hood story. I can tell some stories about what happened when the crack epidemic, epidemic hit around 83, 84, and how my neighborhood changed. But everything wasn't super hood with me growing up. I went to school. High school stuff was funny to us, man. That's why, you know, you see people doing their thing. And they, they push the envelope. They try to do something different. That's why Ice Cube would jump on the Are We There Yet. That's, you know... 
That's why those, that's why uh, Mr. 300 with Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac jump in movies and do stuff like that. Even Kevin Hart tried to push it with Soul Plane. I applaud him for that. I ain't particularly loved the movie, but I applaud him for trying to do something different that didn't wasn't your regular hood story. Night School, I just saw that with him and Tiffany Haddish. That was cool. I got it. But it's different. He's in Jumanji. That's different. We need to write different. We got to be different. And we creators, we have to be different. Insecure is different. The shy is different. It's different. It's still, but it's a creative thing based on character development. I'm working with somebody right now that's writing a script for me for a movie um, called Miss Christmas. It's different. It has to be great character development. I learned that just by watching some of the aforementioned directors. They dealt with you cared about the character. A lot of times y'all are coming with stuff that we don't really care about the characters. Always got to be a bang, bang, shoot them up joint. But even if it's that, can we at least care about the characters that we're seeing on the screen? That's character development. I've char I'm the king of character development because I developed my own self. When I started on the radio, I was like, I'm not going to be like your quintessential radio personality. Hey, this is da 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 I said, I'm going to be me. The funny, the sad, the good, the bad. I wear my political views. I wear my opinions. Everything on my sleeve. I don't have a lot of people that I consider my friends. I consider them associates that I'm cool with in the business. Because I'm not always going to agree with you. I'm not going to kiss your ass. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear because first and foremost, I'm a man. And as a man, I firmly believe is walk in as a man, walk out as a man. I told that to my son. My father told it to me. Walk in as a man, walk out as a man. So I'm not going to let nobody punk me. I'm not going to kiss your ass because you got more money than me or more fame or whatever. If I have an opinion on something, I'm going to tell you my opinion on it. And I think that's for me. I think that's just being true. That way, I don't like you. I might not just like the product, the project you put out, or the or the music you put out. I mean, I don't like you. Don't mean I don't like you as a person. It's just I, no, I ain't particularly crazy about the product you put out. And we have to push the envelope away from the hood stories, away from that stuff, man. Away from it. You got to develop the characters. There's got to be a plot, subplot, and a sub subplot. So make, make somebody real that you want to root for. That's why you love the Equalizer and the Equalizer 2 with Denzel Watson, because you care. That's why John Wick and John Wick 2, they on John Wick 3. You cared about John Wick. Yeah, it was action, killing, shooting, but you actually cared about this dude and his dog and everything else that went along with taking the same way you cared about Liam Neeson's character. You cared about his family. You cared about his ex-wife. He had the special skills to do damage, but you cared about them. You cared about Cuba Gooden Jr. and, and Boys in the Hood. You cared about Doughboy. You cared about Ricky. You cared about Furious Styles. You cared about Taraji and Baby Boy. You cared about... Tyrese and Baby Boy. You care. The uh, Furious Fast and Furious franchise goes on so long because you care about each and every one of those characters. Besides all the action and all that stuff, you care about them. I wish I would have thought about this when I was younger and we were sitting down developing Who's the Man and I was writing a story. I would have gave you more character development in that movie. 
I would have gave you more about who Dre and I were as people in that movie, who those characters was. I did a poor job with that, and I didn't insist because it was my first movie and I really didn't know. But we have to push the envelope on character development. Everything that you like, think about it. Every show that you might watch from Billions to The Shy to The Walking Dead to Game of Thrones, you care about those characters. You care. Ozark, great show. You care about those characters. That's the reason why women love fucking soap operas when soap operas were popping back in the days and they're still on. Some, some of the soap operas are still on because you cared about the character. That's what we have to do. This is what Spike Lee did. Do the right thing. You cared that Radio Raheem had gotten choked out by the police. Hmm, still happening today. Killed by the police. Because Spike developed the characters. You cared about Tisha Campbell's character. You cared about Denzel Washington and Mo Better Blues. You cared. You cared about Sam Jackson and Jungle Fever. Even going to the comedies, man. Coming to America, you cared about Prince Akeem and, and Semi from Zamunda. You cared. We got to do a better job in telling stories, different stories, that you actually really know the characters and care about the characters. Even if they're a horrible person, you know them, and there's something that's intriguing about that kind of character, even if you disagree with the kind of things that they do that are developed on a human side of you that you like, wow, Jordan Peele, great job with us and Get Out. You cared about that. And Get Out, you cared about even a small character like Little Rel's character. You can identify with it and you cared with it, about it. You care. And that's what we have to do. Movies like Uncle Drew, movies like Us, movies like Get Out. More stuff, man. More, more, more stuff because those doors are wide open for us to be creative because there's so many outlets for you to be creative within the realm of being creative. We got to push the envelope, man, like Game of Thrones. I want to talk about Game of Thrones right now. First, I'm a little bit disappointed in Game of Thrones because I don't feel like there's enough black people on Game of Thrones. But that being said, it is absolutely fantastic. Oh, my God. Yo, let me tell y'all something. I didn't watch Game of Thrones like an asshole that I am from the beginning. My man, Kurt Floyd, was telling me, Ed, man, you got to watch Game of Thrones. I was on The Walking Dead. I was on. I was with Rick Grimes and all of that. I was, I was on The Walking Dead then. I didn't really pay attention to Game of Thrones. I started watching Game of Thrones in 2019, y'all. Because the hoopla about Game of Thrones was crazy. My friends here in Chicago, smart guys, OT, principal, Derek, finances, Stevie B, sports management, all smart guys would sit around over cigars, because y'all know I love cigars, and talk about Game of Thrones. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to them and then more people would join in the conversation. Did you see it? And I'm like, man, what the fuck? Are y'all talking about? And Derek told me, Ed, you got to watch Game of Thrones. It may take you three, four episodes to get in. Nope. I was done by the first episode. Season eight was getting ready to come back. And that's why everybody was buzzing about it, right? When season eight premiered, 16.7 million people in the United States watched it. A billion overall. If you were on Game of Thrones and you get a couple of seasons in, you are automatic superstar. No matter what your role is, if you get on Game of Thrones, people will remember that you were on Game of Thrones. That's how 
incredible, incredibly popular this, this show, incredibly popular this show is. Game of Thrones. I was hooked from the first one. Okay, so I decided I'm going to catch up. I got seven seasons of Game of Thrones to watch, and I'm going to catch up. And this is how I did it. I started out doing two a days. Now, my job on the radio, I am blessed to have this job. I have a great program director, Todd Kavanaugh, Intercom Chicago, that is not a super meeting type of guy. He got a lot of responsibilities with two stations, and he doesn't need to meet with us every day. I've worked at other stations where the goddamn program director, pardon my French, wants to meet all the time, every day, and no matter what he's doing in his life, he wants you to stand there and wait for him to come in sometimes like 12.30. You get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. You don't want to wait around for no program director to 4.30 and 12.30 in the afternoon, 1 o'clock. Every single day, you need to have a morning show meeting. For what? You usually sit and talk a little bit about the show, and then the rest of the time, you're sitting there talking BS. When you could be home sleep. But thank God for Todd. He ain't that kind of guy. And the way he set our clocks up, because we weren't doing fantastic when I first got here a year ago, but we were all right. And then he adjusted the clocks, changed the stop sets around, and now we rocking right now. So as long as you're doing your job and you're doing it well and you're being creative, he's cool with it. So when I got home, I'm usually going to get out of there at quarter to nine and be home by like 9.30. I don't live far from the job here in Chicago. I ain't got to drive. I can walk. So I start watching two a days. Two episodes for two hours, Game of Thrones. Then I figured I ain't going to catch up like that. So I start doing three. Two when I got home, get up early. I'm tired. I take a nap. I get back up. I go to the gym. I watch another one while I'm on the treadmill or the bike or whatever. So that's three. Still wasn't working for me. So I start doing four days. I start watching two. I will watch one in the gym. And when I come out of the gym, I don't know about y'all. I'm not sleepy. I'm like re-energized. So I'll watch another one. So I start watching four hours of Game of Thrones a day until I caught up. I am all caught up on Game of Thrones. All caught up. I just wish they would put some more black people in there. But Game of Thrones is well written. Plots, subplots, sub-subplots. Nobody's safe. You don't know who's going to die. Anybody can die at any time. There's pools at people's jobs about season eight. There's only six episodes. Who's going to sit on the Iron Throne? Now, if you're a Game of Fans, Game of Thrones fans, a Game of Fans throne. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, you know how many people they started with. You know who's still there. You know who's dead. You know who has the rightful heir to the Iron Throne. But we don't know who is going to end up on that Iron Throne. And as I talk to you right now, folks, there is only, because I missed, today is Monday, I missed yesterday's episode, so I watched it today, right? So that's three in, three episodes left, three. Who is going to end up on the throne of Game of Thrones? Is it going to be Cersei? Is it going to be Daenerys Targaryen? Or is it going to be Jon Snow, a.k.a. Aragon Targaryen, who is the rightful heir to the throne? Or is it going to be some crazy twist within these last three episodes that we don't know about? Well, we find out that Peter Dinklage, who is the dwarf, who's been on Game of Thrones from the beginning, all eight seasons, well, we find out that he's not really a Lannister, but a Targaryen. Will 
Daenerys and Jon cancel each other out over jealousy because Daenerys really wants the throne. She wants to be the queen. Or will Cersei wipe everybody out in the twist of fate and the producers and the creators say, fuck it, we're just going to leave that mean-ass bitch up on the throne. Or will her brother Jamie come back and kill her? Or here's my pick, y'all. And if you're a Game of Throner, then you understand. If you're not, you probably listen to this podcast like, Ed, I ain't seen this shit. I don't give a fuck. But I'm going to tell you about what I think. I think the last person that's going to end up sitting on that Iron Throne is going to be Arya. And I'm going to tell you why I think it's going to be Arya. I think people are going to think that Cersei killed everybody. But I don't think she'll kill Jon Snow. I think Jon don't want the shit. And we're going to think that it's Cersei. But right before the shit go off, that hand's going to come across the face and pull it off. And it's going to be Arya Stark. That's the way I think they're going to end Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is well written. It's well thought out. That's why I keep saying we got to push. We got to push. My Latinos, my Asians. It's still white privilege in Hollywood. We got to push. We got to push to come up with different shit, different stories. Just like other people in other countries. Other people in other countries don't really worry about what the fuck is going on in the United States as far as films. They got their own films. They got their own shit. We like to push our shit down their throats. Yeah, Avengers Endgame is the number one movie in the whole damn world right now. Making all that money. But still, there's room for other types of movies. The Marvel Universe is huge. But there's, there, there's room for other types of stuff. But when we do stuff... And I'm talking to my folks right now, black people, African-Americans, whatever you want to call us. When we do stuff, let's push the envelope, man. Push it to the limit. I mean, push it. Push it, man. Big shout out to Fab for his joint on Netflix right now. Fab Five Freddy told me everybody fly. DJ Spin, and I said in my mind, flashes fast. If we can push music the way we've been pushing music to the limits of music and where music can go, we should be able to push television and film. It's like John Singleton did with it with the joint, Snowfall. Really good. Character development is crazy. Care about everybody. We should be able to do that, man. We should be able to do that. I don't understand why we don't, but I'm telling y'all, we should be able to push fucking envelope as far as creativity. Cause we know, man, we know what's going on, man. We know that white privilege still exists, and we live in a country right now, and they don't even want you to say nothing. I'll be on the radio. My co-host, Jim BT, said something about, man, there ain't been nothing but confusion in the White House since Trump became president. Somebody wrote an email to the boss. Oh, I don't listen to that radio station because we're a throwback station to hear Ed and Jen spew racial garbage about our president now we can't talk about the president the president donald trump talked about the president when when obama was president talking about obama was an american citizen he wanted to see his birth certificate all that we asked you about your taxes but you can't show that right but if you say it you hating on the president it's the same president that said what happened when a lady got hit by the car with them tiki torch nazis and some of them were really good people that's what he said he said that this is the same president talked about grabbing a woman by the pussy same one. But we can't say we can't say nothing about him. Or they want to write emails and letters and stuff like that. It's crazy. Crazy. We can't say what we want no more, man. It's crazy. 
People just want to act like white privilege don't exist in America, but it does. No, I want to hear you can't say what you want to say. What I want to mean, I can't say what I, what I want to say. Everybody else say what they want to say. You know, we got the 2020 elections around the corner. Democrats is marching. There's like too many. Too many people trying to be the president on the Democratic side. I don't know if there's going to be a Republican that's going to stand up and try to battle Trump for the presidency. I don't know if his vice president, he, I don't think Mike Pence is going to try because he just be, he, you know what I mean? Anything Trump say, he, stand on party lines. While we stand on party lines, we ain't getting shit done. We got to get this something done. Fuck what party it is, man. Can we just do what's best for the people? I'm just wondering when that's going to happen. We got more shootings happening and people running up in synagogues and churches and shooting, killing innocent people. We got people losing their jobs. The General Motors factory and, and, and uh, the same one that, that, that uh, Trump told them don't sell their houses. He's going to save them. Same one. Shut that factory down. And because that factory got shut down, the trucking company that was doing most of that their biggest client was a General Motors factory, they shut down. And the General Motors factory moved to Mexico. All them people lost their jobs, and all like the majority of people from there voted for Trump. Boy, did he true lied to y'all. Let's see what y'all doing in 2020. Lied. Ain't nobody perfect now. Don't get me wrong. There's never gonna be a perfect president. There's always gonna be some. Dumb shit each president do, including Obama. When he had the Democratic House and the Senate, he should have pushed all his stuff through instead of trying to be a bipartisan president. If you don't know what bipartisan means, look it up. Yes, he made mistakes, folks. We love him. He's our first black president, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, President Barack Obama made some fucked up mistakes. He did. Like Clinton did before him with that three strikes you out shit and all the brothers going to jail. Same that Bush is dead, same shit Reagan did, all that. They, they made some fucked up mistakes. They've all made fucked up mistakes. But we have never seen the kind of confusion that we have in the White House with the Mueller report, all the people going to jail, all the people jumping out the freaking window to get out of his cabinet as uh, President Trump. It is what it is. But you say it, the country want to go crazy. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm losing their mind. You say something about this guy, man. Yeah. Make America great again. All that old stupid shit. Steve Harvey almost fucked up his career fucking with Trump, man. <laughs> he did. He had, well, we lucky, man. He, whoo. That bounce back for him was lucky. We was on him, but we was like, word, Steve? You fucking with Trump? No, he ain't got no love for us, bro. What you doing? Steve almost fucked his whole shit up fucking with Trump. That's real talk right there. Real, real talk. I'm telling y'all, man. That's how shit is, B. Gotta watch. You can't say shit. But they want to shove their shit down your throat. Fucking royal baby. Oh, my God. The royal coverage in the United States is crazy. And I don't understand because it's England. And I don't even think the English, the English, we care more than they do. About this royal shit. Roll out the red carpet, spend millions and millions of dollars of tax money protecting them when they come over here. But then we emancipate ourselves from England. I mean, America as a whole. No taxation without representation. We learned that early on. 
early school development, we learned that. Why do we care? I know I don't. Personally, I don't. But I have to pay attention to it because of what I do in my job. And I know a lot of people, as a radio personality, a lot of people, you know, they care. So I have to present it to them because they care. And I really don't give a damn. Honestly, I don't care. That's crazy. Royal baby. What's going to be the royal baby's name? Everybody, oh, Megan, Megan and Harry. And blah, 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 blah. And she's black and biracial. And whether she's real black or not, I don't give a shit. It don't change nothing on me. It don't change my check. It don't change the fact that I still got to pay ComEd here in Chicago. All right? And whoever I pay in damn Atlanta for them lights over there, too. This is crazy, y'all. Crazy. Can't you can't get nothing off. <laughs> you can't say shit. You really can't. You gotta be politically fucking correct. I ain't trying to be like that, man. Especially when I'm doing stand-up, man. Y'all come see me do stand-up. I'll let y'all know next time I'm be in the city near you. Any comedy club owners out there, listen to the podcast, man. Get at me, Mr. Ed Lover at gmail.com. Come rock your club. I'm not politically correct at all. Fuck that. Comedy is it's, it's where you should be able to be yourself and have your own opinions without having to receive some backlash or some stupid shit like they try to do Kev Hart with the Oscars. That shit was dumb. Fuck that. I'm like Marlon Wayans. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them all. Fuck them all, man. Do you. You can't say shit no more without some group wanting to march and everything. Oh, <laughs> say that. If they don't make no policies, they, ain't, they can't hurt you by what they fucking say. They're not policy makers. What do you care? We should all be able to have our own opinions. I'd rather know your opinion about me up front so now I know you ain't fronting. You ain't smiling in my face and then trying to stab the shit out of me behind my back. I'd rather know that you're a racist piece of shit up front than I know how to deal with you better. That's better than all these people. that oh, I believe in diversity in the workplace and we need more diversity, more diversity. You still don't see no damn diversity the way it's supposed to be. And not just for African Americans, but for Latinos and Asians and Mexicans and Italians. Well, I wouldn't say Italians. But everybody else. You don't see that much diversity. Come on, y'all. Why does it always got to be that one black friend on the TV show, right? If it's an all-white TV show, it's that one black friend. One black friend. Or the black neighbor that live across the street. Come on. Fucking diversity. So you might as well rock out with your cock out, as my dad used to like to say. Because you only get one time on this earth. And you might as well motherfucking enjoy it. The same motherfucking way I enjoy doing this podcast and bringing it to you on a weekly basis. And when I do my podcast, the beauty of my podcast when I'm doing it, I can do this shit in my drawers. I can say whatever I want to say. I can rock out. With my cock out. Word up. So y'all, rock out with your cock out. Say what you well for the ladies, you might not have one. But for the transgenders, yeah, you might still have yours. Rock out with your cock out. Okay, enjoy yourself. Be safe. Stay blessed. Keep God first. Everything will always stay in place. Everything will, without God, there's nothing. Make sure that you remember you covered by the blood of Jesus. And be well, y'all.
Everything else is always going to fall into place when you put God first. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about you next week. Be good. If you can't be good, be careful. Can't be careful. Got a kid coming. Get your child support money right. Next time we ride and slide, laugh out loud together. Ed Lover here, along with my girl Krista, and along with Kimana, my man A, and the whole loudspeaker network, saying God bless each and every one of y'all. Thank y'all for tuning me in and never tuning me out. And remember, I always give you the good shit and never the bullshit. Come on, son. It's the podcast. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. Peace. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.